from Innovation Alley at Marquette University. I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap, a show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. This podcast is designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work and maybe even change the world. Episode five continues our journey to uncover your innovator spirit as we focus on finding a way to win. Today, we'll explore how you can develop the mindset needed for success, which starts by getting in the game, doing whatever it takes, and owning the outcome, even when the result wasn't what you were looking for. That's what's on tap today. Enjoy. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I often talk about the importance of how our beliefs drive our behaviors, and that most of our beliefs are developed while we are young. Research has shown that after the age of 25, our beliefs are pretty well fixed, and they get harder and harder to change as we get older. What this means is that the experiences we have had as kids and young adults have an outsized influence on the rest of our lives. So we need to carefully analyze the experiences that we design for young people, the beliefs that they instill, and the behaviors that result. For example, let's take youth sports. Recently, there has been a push to take winning and losing out of youth sports, where there used to be tournaments, winners and losers, and only the champions got trophies. Now, it is more fashionable to not keep score and to give out medals to all the kids just for participating. The idea is that we want them to learn to love the game and not have to worry about winning. Now, while I understand the intent, and I certainly don't want to deter kids at a young age, I think this approach has actually backfired. So what do you think is better for the development of young people? Having kids play sports without keeping score and focus only on participation? Or keeping score and learning that the objective is to try and win? No matter what you believe, it's important to know that either one is sending a message and creating beliefs and behaviors in young people. I've always found it interesting that whether or not youth leagues choose to keep score, the kids seem to always know who won. And what kid really wants to go to practice several times a week only to play a game that is just another practice? Allen Iverson, the sometimes controversial NBA Hall of Famer, may have said it best during a press conference. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. Where is the joy in working hard all week to then just have another practice? In my experience, it seems clear that kids actually want to keep score, but it's the parents that struggle with winning and losing. In their attempt to protect their kids, 
and their own self-esteem. They're depriving them of the valuable lessons that come from both winning and losing. These kids are missing an incredible opportunity to develop the skills they will need for the rest of their lives, like the value of hard work. And the parents are missing an opportunity to help their kids learn from failure and use it as motivation to do better the next time. Winning or losing is the only way you know if what you are doing is actually working. Without a defined outcome, how do you ever figure out where you stand and where you need to go? As the 39-time Grand Slam tennis champion Serena Williams said, I've grown most not from victories but setbacks. If winning is God's reward, then losing is how he teaches us. And that is how you develop a love for the game. But the will to win goes far beyond sports. It's foundational to success in both business and in life. In fact, history is filled with examples of innovators who use their will to win to achieve things that others thought were impossible. Not only is the will to win important, but I would argue it's necessary if you really want to innovate. A great example comes from the Wright brothers. When they started their journey to develop what would become the first airplane, the Washington Post wrote an article that said, It is a fact that man cannot fly. What the Wright brothers were trying to do, most people thought was literally impossible. They were mocked and ridiculed for even attempting to fly. Most people would have given up believed the naysayers, and eventually agreed this task was impossible. Yet the brothers were undaunted. They had unyielding determination and a will to win that they used to overcome whatever obstacles got in their way. After years of experimenting, redesign, and failures, they made history over the sand dunes of Kitty Hawk, North Carolina on December 17, 1903. Orville Wright took off for 12 seconds in the first piloted flight of a power-driven, heavier-than-air plane, a flight that lasted only 120 feet, but the implications would literally change the world. The historian David McCullough described the moment as, It had taken four years. They had endured violent storms, accidents, one disappointment after another, public indifference or ridicule, and clouds of demon mosquitoes. To get to and from their remote sand dune testing ground, they made five round trips from Dayton, a total of 7,000 miles by train, all to fly little more than half a mile. No matter, they had done it. Simply put, the Wright brothers, against all odds, had found a way to win. So how can you adopt this mindset in your own career? I would suggest that you need to focus on three things. One, get in the game. Two, do whatever it takes. And three, be accountable for the outcome. Now, this first idea, get in the game, might sound simple. But it's much easier to talk about what you are going to do than to actually do it. And for this reason, lots of people struggle. If you really want to win, you first need to play. And that means not waiting around for something to happen, but rather making things happen. Take Netflix, for example. 
The company that started out sending you DVDs and now produces their own feature films has built their whole company around this attitude. Think about it. When they were frustrated with Blockbuster's movie return policies and distribution methods, they got in the game and started mailing DVDs to customers. After their initial business growth, they didn't rest on their laurels and were willing to disrupt their own business model to make it easier for their customers to watch content through online streaming. And finally, when Hollywood threatened the content available to their customers, they started making their own. In all three of these examples, when they saw a problem, they got in the game. In fact, the Netflix cultural manifesto explicitly calls out these behaviors as necessary for innovation. They encourage independent decision-making by employees. They advocate avoiding any rules or set processes. They want their team's bias towards action to avoid analysis paralysis. And they believe that the rapid recovery model, try, get feedback, and get better, is far superior to waiting around for perfection. So what is an idea you've been thinking about but waiting to pursue? My advice? Stop waiting, start doing, and get in the game. After you've found a way to get in the game, then you have to commit to do whatever it takes. Although this might seem like common sense, most people and companies are limited by self-imposed boundary conditions. In fact, some people even believe that defeat is inevitable in certain circumstances. But if you want to win, you have to be willing to try anything. This is the exact concept that Airbnb founder Brian Chesky had to learn the hard way. He came up with the idea for Airbnb when his rent was due and he didn't have enough money to pay it. Instead of trying to negotiate with his landlord, he and his roommates offered online to rent their room and promised a mattress and breakfast to anyone wanting to stay the night. To their surprise, three guests booked the room and paid $80 each. Chesky got his rent money and an idea was born. But this big idea quickly landed the team in over $20,000 of credit card debt that they had used to bootstrap the startup of the business. It looked inevitable that the venture was going to suffocate under this debt and fail. Yet Chesky and his friends refused to lose. They needed a creative way to pay off the $20,000 so they could keep the business going, and they needed to do it fast. So in 2008, they came up with the idea to make custom cereal boxes based on John McCain and Barack Obama, who were running for president. They quickly called up a print shop and ordered a thousand cereal boxes for Cap'n McCain, which they filled with Captain Crunch, and Obama O's, which they filled with Cheerios. And they put them up for sale online for $40 each. This odd product idea luckily got them a quick spot on national TV, and in 24 hours, they ended up selling every last box of cereal. Their profits were $30,000. They paid off their debt, and Airbnb lived to fight another day. So, if your company was struggling, would you be willing to do something as risky as sell custom boxes of cereal? Well, sometimes... That's what it takes. 
The third idea you have to embrace is to be accountable for the outcome. And there is no better example of this concept than Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. In 1986, they faced off against Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics in round one of the NBA playoffs. Despite Michael Jordan averaging an astonishing 43 points, six rebounds, five assists, and two steals per game, including a 63-point performance, which is a playoff record that still stands today, the Bulls were swept by the Celtics. Michael Jordan was so good during this series that Larry Bird wasn't convinced he was actually competing against a human being. Instead, Bird suggested he was playing against God disguised as Michael Jordan. Now, be honest. If you were in MJ's shoes, would you have been disappointed with the outcome? You had done everything possible you could do to win. It wasn't your fault that the Celtics had the better overall team. You scored more points in a single game in the playoffs than anyone had ever before. Now, many people would be happy with their individual performance and satisfied with the state of things. But that's not how Jordan felt. In fact, he said to the Washington Post in a post-game interview that, I'm not worried about the points. I'd give all the points back if we could win. If you want to win, you need to be like Mike and commit yourself to the outcome, not your own effort. So, while you can work on these three traits yourself, if you're building a team, how do you know if somebody else has the will to win before you've had a chance to work with them? Well, in my experience, it often comes down to passion. Do they really want to be on the team and for the right reasons? In the early days of Apple, the employees found a way to zero in on someone's passion for their mission during the interview process. Andy Hertzfeld, one of Apple's first software engineers, says the team would show an interviewee the Macintosh prototype. They'd then watch how the person reacted. If the candidate didn't display the right body language, then the Apple team knew that the person wasn't right for their team. As Hertzfeld said in an interview posted on YouTube, when we finally decided we liked them enough to show them the Macintosh prototype and then we sat them down in front of it and if they just kind of were bored or said this is a nice computer we didn't want it we, we wanted their eyes to light up and them to get really excited and then we knew they were one of us innovation doesn't happen without the will to win if you are looking to develop your own start by getting in the game then be prepared to do whatever it takes and realize that you have to own the outcome even when things aren't completely within your control. And don't underestimate the value of passion. Without it, you will likely lack that extra push that is needed to overcome the most difficult challenges. Thanks for listening to this episode of Innovators on Tap and learning how to find a way to win. If you enjoyed hearing about this concept, you can learn about it in more detail and many other concepts in my book, The Innovator Spirit, which is available wherever you buy books. If you found value in this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, because I think we all know of things that could use some innovative thinking. 
please feel free to contact us through our website at innovatorsontap.com. We are always open to new ideas or critical feedback. My belief as an innovator is anything you do today can be done better tomorrow.